0: The grind of an NHL season can test even the strongest of wills. After six months and 82 games, it all comes down to this. Because there's nothing like playoff hockey. JB Ben has a step. He scores! The intensity and excitement of the best tournament in sports has returned to Dallas. And your star's dreams of postseason glory have begun. Tickets on sale now at DallasStars.com. 2022 playoffs presented by 7-Eleven. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. And here we are, arrived at the final Podman Rush
1: of the 2021-22 regular season. And oh, but what a circuitous, convulsive journey it has been. It is uh, Razor 25, Daryl Ray, yours truly, the big Daryl Stottle. I may change it from Razor to the big Daryl Stottle heading forward. And with me, Mike, I find things interesting, Heike. And the only returning guest to the Podman Rush from the Dallas Morning News, Stars Beat scribe, Matt DeFranx. Uh Thanks for joining, and thank you, Matt, for taking time this morning after... Back-to-back games you had to cover. We all had to cover uh, as the Stars inch toward the end of the regular season. Look, right up front, I want a bold blanket statement from each of us about the star season as it wraps up this week. So, Matt, why don't you go first since you're our beloved guest?
2: Oh, beloved. All right. Uh, I have a bold statement that this is one of the least impressive playoff campaigns in franchise history and in recent western conference history.
1: Wow. He is hot out of the gate Heike.
2: coming uh-huh. out hot. So, the Stars are the only team in the playoffs with a negative goal differential. They've made the playoffs 16 times since they moved to Dallas and never with a negative goal differential. Currently, they are 30 and 30. In regulation and they've only made the playoffs once in Dallas Stars history with a regulation record under 500 and that was in 94 95 the only other time they came close was actually in 2020 when they went 26 and 24 so that's franchise history that's 30 years of Dallas Stars hockey uh, 16 of them in the playoffs and this one is up there as the least impressive one since. And look, making the playoffs matters, right? It's uh it means you got a shot technically. But it's still not an inspired campaign uh in when you look at franchise history. And even back in 94-95, that was when 8 of the 12 teams in the West made the playoffs. So, you know, it wasn't even the the top half of the league. The, the conference it was the top two-thirds that made it at that point right so that's looking back at, at franchise history and if you look at recent western conference history there's only been i mean it's been since 1998 that a a team in the west had a minus nine or worse goal differential and still made the playoffs that was the edmonton oilers back then and good news for stars fans yes they beat the Colorado Avalanche in the first round. <laughs> so
1: see, see Manny brought it all the way back around to a happy joy joy there.
2: Yeah, there, there is there is hope if you want to look at that and if you want to look at even further hope not in the Western Conference but last year uh the Montreal Canadiens minus 9 goal differential ah, Stanley yeah. Cup final. Yeah. So it's it's not unheard of. It's very rare to see these teams uh you know win in the playoffs but uh, there is a, a little bit of uh, positivity, I guess, from coming out of the hot, hop right there.
1: Wow. Follow that up, Mike Heika.
3: Uh, well, my Matt, so, Matt my, did his
1: homework, Mike.
3: My cell phone's blown up right now. I think it's Brad Stooks, Tom Holy, questioning our guest choice. <laughs> Why do we have this guy on the podcast? Uh, uh, my statement is similar, but different. Uh, my statement is just the this entire season will be judged on the playoffs and it's always that way. But if you're going to set out to say, we build our team to be a playoff team, then have a mediocre regular season, then you better follow that up with a good playoff run. And they've done that in the past. And so the possibility is there. If they were to win the first round and then who knows what happens after that, uh, then all this stuff gets forgotten um but yeah i mean they have a history of being a mediocre team they were a mediocre team last year that was injured and was bad in overtime and they missed the playoffs they're a mediocre team this year that's healthy and has been good in overtime and they make the playoffs and that's if you're going to live on that you know edge of being oh you know just get in just get in if that's our philosophy then once you get in you better do something with it so i mine is i agree with everything matt said but they can salvage this season by having a good playoff
1: well you guys are throwing absolute bombs out of the gate here this morning <laughs> i'm i'm going to call mine uh outliers and inconsistencies it has been a a very convulsive season never really 100% certain what the stars were going to give you from night to night i think that's the sort of undercurrent of of this regular season, the uh, the goalie infirmary that they had running for a while and and throughout, and then the kid taking over in net. Uh, the top line, I mean, what a line that that trio, along with Jamie Benn's penalty minutes, for me were the biggest outliers. Uh, you know, they they were consistent and and in really like you had one line or those three individuals who were hyper-consistent on a very, very inconsistent team. And then you have Jamie Benn, who set a, franchise or a personal record for penalty minutes in a season on a team that will finish with the fewest penalty minutes assessed to them in the entire league this year. So they're, they're, they're a contradiction at times. Uh, and and i think that has in the words of mike hykamp made it kind of interesting this season <laughs> and the idea right from the get go and i go all the way back to training camp they the the idea was okay there are probably going to be some this and a little of that and uh, you know got to come together and some new pieces and all these things uh with the with the uh, view down the path that if they do get in man they they could be a nightmare to deal with come playoff time and they're in and and now we're gonna find out whether that is in fact the case. And I, I look, depending on who they get, and we'll get into that here in a little bit the uh, they they I have belief that they could do something e- even you're gonna have to maybe squint and peek through your fingers a little bit at it, but there there is some belief that that this group, just because of their cockroach nature, you know, where the you try to kill them, um, you can put 900 times pressure on them, but you can't squash them. Uh, and I believe that that'll follow through probably here in the next couple of weeks against whoever they play against. Uh, the if we go back to entering the season, you guys, the what were the hopes and expectations for this group? For me, I'll, I'll go first. Like for me, I looked at it. And I was thinking to myself, I, I just want this group to move out of that middle ground, uh, the the mid pack, the fifteen, sixteen, seventeen slot overall, which feels like a, a sentence or their lot in life for a while. And here we are, they finish or they're going to finish around fifteenth again. And I I desired to see, and I thought they would. I I really believe this group would end up having a nice balance between their goals for and goals against, and hopefully into the top 10 on both sides of that. They haven't quite done that. Uh, the, the offense continues to lag a little bit. They're probably a better defensive team than where they sit, which is 15th and allowing three goals a game, but it feels like everybody allows three goals a game this year. And then the biggest one for me was a return to winning the uh, close ones, which they struggled with last year. and Well, ta friggin da this year. They're an NHL best 28, six and six in games decided by a single goal. Yes, a lot of it coming in overtime. What does that make them like 15 and six in overtime? I think in one goal games they're all one goal games past 60 minutes. Uh, but they're also then like 13 and six in regulation. So pretty good in the tight games and I th- I think that can. That can serve them well here over the next couple of weeks, depending on, on who they go against. But where were the expectations for you guys heading into the season?
2: you want that one, Matt? Sure. Uh, I thought they would be more comfortably in a playoff spot yeah. than than the last two games of the season. Uh, you looked at last year, and you saw all the injuries and the schedule and, and everything that they did and uh, didn't have, and they were missed it by, what, one point, was it? Two points, three points, whatever it was, it it wasn't much. And I thought this year would they get some of those guys back healthy and have a more normal season that they would kind of improve their standing relative to the rest of the league. And it's really almost been the exact, exact same situation. I mean, they're fighting for Nashville for playoff positioning yeah. on the periphery. <laughs> it's it's like the same thing. So, um, you know, obviously overtime is, is a big thing this year. But I, I thought that they would be more comfortably in and not having to sweat it out and not having to come home during the final homestand and, you know, win games to, to clinch. I mean, you've the last week when they went on the road, you're like, okay, well they might clinch, uh, you know, pretty soon. And then it's just kind of rest guys for a few games. And, and then obviously the stars did not make it easy on themselves. So I think it's tough to see the inconsistency happening from Before the season, you don't you don't really expect a team to be inconsistent from period to period, day to day, game to game, anything like that. But uh, I did I did think that they would be higher up in the standings and and more comfortably in a spot.
3: Yeah, I, I compared them to the other teams in the central and I just at the beginning, I thought. Minnesota is going to struggle. They've got issues here. They bought two guys out and they've got some transition. I thought Dallas would be better than that. I thought St. Louis was trending down just because of their goaltending and some of the other issues they had. I thought Dallas would be better than them. I thought Nashville was headed for a rebuild. I thought Dallas would be better than them. Colorado's Colorado, but I thought Dallas would be the second place team in the central division. And it's disappointing to see those other two teams handle whatever issues they had and, you know, be significantly better, I think. I mean, you, you look at all the numbers and they're, they're a much better performance through the 81 games uh, in St. Louis and Minnesota for sure. And so that that to me was disappointing. And then the other thing is I really thought Sagan would come back and have a good game. Yeah. And I, I kind of thought Radulov might be a, a pretty good player too coming off their surgeries. But yeah. what are you going to yeah. do?
1: Yeah, that stung them a little bit. There's there's no question, but it sounds like we were all uh pretty Peter positive on these Dallas Stars heading in. And in the end, albeit you know, by their their nails kind of, they're in. And whether they got in with 125 points or with 98 points, they're going to compete in, in the opening round and And who knows, maybe, I mean, they've been so unpredictable and such a freak show at times, and just when you think, nope, yes, and just when you think, yes, nope, uh, out of them. So uh, we'll we'll let it all unfold in in front of us here in the next 14 days, or fortnight, I believe they call it, in some other sports. Hey, can you pick a team MVP? Can you guys pick an actual MVP of this team? Whittle it down.
3: It's hard, but I'd give it to Robertson. Why? Just because of his ability to make clutch plays all the time. Rope does too, and they're they're kind of joined at the hip. And Pavelski's right in there, although his scoring is tailed off, or at least his goal scoring is tailed off. But the fact that Jason Robertson makes just huge clutch plays to win games, I, I think that makes him the MVP.
2: Matt? Yeah, I think I would agree with Mike for similar, but but different reasons as well. I mean, he stores a ton of goals on a team that doesn't score goals, right? And that's so so badly needed from the Stars. Uh, Mike mentions how you know timely those goals are, but it's also kind of the the percentage of goals that he stored of, from the Stars. I think a few weeks ago when I wrote about him, the only players that had stored a higher percentage of their team's goals were the 50 goal stores, you know, Kreider, New York, Matthews, mm. Dreisaitl. Those were the guys that had carried the the load uh, as much as Robertson had. And not only from an on-ice perspective, but from a cap-hit perspective, he's the, the best bargain in the entire league uh, in terms of goals per game or goals per dollar, uh, points per dollar. And on a team that has some some contracts that aren't team friendly they're right up at the cap they need those guys on elcs to to produce and jason robertson's done that and you start to wonder where would the stars be without jason robertson and it's not a pretty place so um you know i think he's probably the the, the front runner for me in terms of stars mvp um you know I, I think his other two line mates would have a case as well but i think yeah. he's the uh he's the guy
1: yeah, it, he reminds me in that situation you just spoke of, Matt, uh, uh, Braden Point with with Tampa. You know, for a while there, you're like ungodly bargain for them, and then he got paid, uh, and <laughs> and Jace gonna get paid here at some point. It'll be it'll be fascinating to see what what it ends up being. Uh, but he's a guy that could have signed probably in the off season last year, uh, and and instead gave it the, no, we'll just move along here and see how it goes this year. Bang, 40 goals later. (laughs) That's some cash. That's some cake being baked, baby. Uh, Look, I I can't. I agree with you guys to a degree. I I can't separate the line. Like, I almost have to pick the line as the MVP, the entire uh, group. Because uh, Rope a lot of times, is like the engine for them. And, and you you can't, I mean, it, it's it's staving off superannuation for Joe Pavelski. I love that word. One of my faves. Uh, but at 37, for him to be leading the team in scoring, and, and none of us see what goes on on the bench and behind the scenes and whatever else he's helping these young, frisky Colts with. Uh, I have a tough time overlooking Joe for MVP, uh, too. Just, be, just for all of that. Like every time they play a back-to-back, or they get into uh, the soup of uh, four games and six nights, and that, I expect he's just going to be absolutely useless out there. And then you watch him, and he just—he's one of those guys that his head and and his desire. Hey, look, his boots are slow. Uh, they're, they're sluggish, but man, he can figure out how to get it around and, and impact things night in and night out. It, pretty impressive stuff. So I, I'll throw Joe in as, as my MVP. Uh, you guys were mentioning the offense and, and Robo in particular. So offense was way up in the NHL this season. Uh, and it was, the stars were up too. Let's let's not crush them. They they improved upon. They've improved all uh, four years. The last four years, their goals per game have gone up every single uh, season. Now, 18 teams this year are averaging three goals or more, and Florida's averaging 4.1 or almost 4.2 goals a game, which is nutty. That's 80 stuff. Last season, only 12 teams averaged three goals. Last time there was an 82-game schedule, there were 14 that did it. So the the Stars have gone, on average, like 2.55, 2.58, 2.79, and now 2.83 this year. So you're you're catching my drift. There's a bit of an upward uh, trek going on with the goals for uh, with the group. Uh, Not a big splash, but at least it's going in the right direction. Uh, Do you guys... uh, you make much of, of the increase in offense and the, the gaudy numbers that some individuals are putting up, you know, 60-goal scorers, a bunch of 40-goal guys and that. Is it just crappy goaltending?
3: <laughs> no, that, that was your
1: era. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, hey, 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 hey,
1: hold hey. it. I want to bring that up, too, right now. <laughs> okay. We're sitting there. Matt, you'll enjoy this. We're sitting there on that 19-hour that travel day back from Calgary. And the, 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 all the tributes are coming over the screens uh, at at uh, the chop, and Gila Fleur had passed away. So it's just a you know two Fridays in a row. It was just a sea of goals being scored in the seventies and eighties by uh, two of the absolute elite goal scorers this league has ever seen. But all you see are goals, right? And everyone sits around, they're like, oh, my God, the goaltending was so God-awful back then. Look at these goals. Like, none of these goals would go in. And I had to remind the great Mike Heike, you know, Mike, if one of the goaltenders from that era had passed away, we would be seeing all the phenomenal artsy saves that these guys made back then. It would be nothing but saves. But we're talking about goal scores. So all we see are goals. And the pock and the warts of goaltending from that era, so that's my soapbox. I thought it was, I thought it was malarkey and and complete BS. That I think you, everyone you was just hooey. jumping all over goaltending. It was hooey. It was poppycock. Anyway, uh,
3: Matt, back to the offense. Th- the funny thing was, is like you just never see a goal scored where the guy is standing up. Like you just don't, right? They don't do that. Like eight of them. The guy just is standing there with a <laughs> stick on the ice, going like, "Well, I thought I had it."
2: <laughs> Again, only the goals. Did, did Did you remark about like how short a, a montage for goaltenders would be? Because that oh, seems shut like your face, on Matt on Shut up. Seems
1: can like a very mic, mic.
3: Thing to say. <laughs> we can Good. cut your mic right now. That's right. Uh, Stuckel's still on the line right now, trying to get it. <laughs> yeah, he's, they removed. haven't
1: recovered from that opening <laughs> soliloquy. The uh, the offense is a great thing, I, yes. I believe, the yes. the uptick. Uh, you know, there's probably many reasons for it. Two uh, things on
3: my part. One, I think the speed of the game has increased. And two, I think we've removed some of the element of the physicality of the fourth line and replaced it with, you know, pretty good guys who can score goals. And I think that the Dallas Stars fans, hopefully, in the next couple of years, will see some of those guys who will be peppered throughout the lineup where your fourth line will be, you know, some young goal scorers from the HL. That's just, that's where yeah. I think it's head.
2: Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of these guys are coming in more skilled. I mean, they have skills coaches from the age of 12 or whatever. And then, and they come in with all of these ways to, to score and use their hands and, uh, and really manipulate the puck. Uh, so I think, they're coming in with, with more skills. And, you know, I, I think that's a little bit different. Um, I think going off of your point, Mike, with the, the speed, they also stayed a lot more. Uh, You know, I think, you know, they're probably uh, faster and more skilled and, you know, I don't know how the, the defense catches up to that in terms of individual work, Um, you know, with specific coaches from the time they're young.
1: Yeah. The other thing I would add is that uh, the, the game is so much different now that I don't think guys are worried about getting clocked if they drop their eyes down to the puck at any time like they did a decade ago or 15 years ago. So it allows some of this skill to flourish. Unless it's it's the Arizona Coyotes in Anaheim, then you don't want to get too skilly or bad things might happen. Uh, but for the most part, you've got uh, a well-trained offense leaning group of uh, players coming into the sport at this level that have always done it at every other level. And the other part of it too, though, is that you do need coaching to allow it. You know, like you, you, you can't have coaching that says, yeah, this is great. And that's great, but they suppress it a little bit. And I think you're getting more and more of that coming in, where they're encouraged, and maybe they live with a little bit more of what they didn't want to live with for a long time, with these young guys. And you have to play, you have to play these young guys just on a, a cap standpoint. And with that, you understand that you, they're not they're they're going to be imperfect uh, elite players, like National Hockey League players. But you have to get them in there. And mistake hockey creates. Entertainment for us, and it creates offense. You know when they when it was just robotic and locked down, and where no mistake was accepted, like perfection was was asked and at times demanded. Then you just you leaned so hard toward the defensive game, Um, and it's it's swung the other direction. I think it's fantastic because you've heard me many times uh, hikes where. If they're going to take most, if not all, of the physicality out of the game and if they're just going to go with RPMs and and uh, what have you, then you're going to need lots of goals. And hopefully uh, lead changes within the lots of goals within a game because I, I believe that would be a, the most entertaining brand of the NHL in the 2020s. So there you go. That's that. Uh hundred point seasons. You ever you ever hear about the hundred point season nugget that I mined? No. You guys mine Bitcoin? Are you guys doing that back in your basements or anything? Yeah. Matt and I are very big. You into- you have a bit yeah, you guys have into, a Bitcoin mining business? Into financial <laughs> investments. <laughs> I saw I saw that the other day. The the mayor over in Fort Worth. Fort Worth, the city of Fort Worth, is mining Bitcoin now. And I was like, huh? How the hell do you mine Bitcoin? I don't even understand how you do that. But it's just a bunch of computers, and they're just running stuff, and, and it's like it's hocus pocus, and it's magic. It's like a cauldron down in the basement or something, and they come out of it with Bitcoin. Fascinating stuff. really is. But my nugget about 100-point seasons, if you looked at the last 15 years of the NHL, and I asked you which five teams have the most 100-point seasons, Plus seasons in that span, could you name them? Less how many? How many years? Fifteen years.
3: Tampa, Washington.
1: Tampa's in there. Pittsburgh. Eight. Washington's in there. Eleven. Boston. Pittsburgh leads with thirteen. Wow. Thirteen of the last fifteen years, they finished with hundred points or more. The Bruins. The Bruins with ten.
3: Got one more?
1: Yep. Come on. Mm. They're not very good right now. But they were. Chicago? Yes. There you go. Tied with Tampa for eight. If you were to go down to the other end of this thing. <laughs> now here's your point. No, no, I'm 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 it's not even a point. It's it's somewhat surprising with some, some or yeah. Ottawa's never had one in 15 years. Uh, but the other teams in there are Buffalo, Arizona, the Columbus Blue Jackets, which surprised
3: me a little bit. You guys? No. I they, mean, Hitch, Hitch had the one year, and that was it pretty much, right?
1: Yeah, but Tortorello? Yeah. Tortorella?
2: I, I just never really think of them because they've only won one playoff series, right? You don't think of those as 100-point teams? They, they and the Seattle Kraken.
1: Are the only teams that haven't made it to a conference final? How about that?
3: Crack- stick that in your, you
1: know. stick that in your bank. Well, cracking, haven't had a crack at it yet. Here are the other two: the Winnipeg Jets. That would surprise some people, right? Yes. Uh, with one, all these teams with one: Buffalo, Arizona, Columbus, Winnipeg, and our Dallas Stars. Now there've been. There have been seasons where they've just been an eyelash under 100, but they've only had the one 100-point season, Uh, and that was 15, 16 when they were a rocket ship. And, uh, yeah. But then you look at those other teams and you're like, okay, Crosby, Ovechkin, uh, that gaggle of guys in Tampa Bay, Kane, Taves, uh, Boston, Boston's interesting because they've they've had to kind of change it over on the fly, but Marchand Bergeron their their cores have been have been quite the thing. And most of the teams are in the Eastern Conference because of travel,
2: right? Yeah. No, I thought I thought there was point. a chance that this year all eight Western Conference teams had a hundred because the stars were were on pace for a hundred not too long ago. They might they might finish with ninety eight,
3: right? Yeah, yeah,
2: interesting. I-
1: yeah. Hey, yeah. they, they hand points out for losing in this league. Teams can get to 100, feels like.
3: I believe we're winning in overtime, Daryl. Winning.
1: Okay. Yeah. Are the stars a better underdog than a favorite? And yes. hands down. Yeah. And can this team win if no one other than that top line scores?
3: Go. Yeah. They, they proved they can, they've done it this year. Like close to 98 points in that top line scoring. So they can do it. Uh, the fact that they you know, can come up with two goals pretty much any game. I mean, what, how many of the last, what, five, six games have they had two goals? Now you win two to one in a playoff game. You know, again, it's hard. But if indeed. Life a, is hard,
1: Mike. Life, life is hard. Is hard yeah.
3: But, but uh, if, if uh, whoever, a Raffle or a Nemesnikov or uh, uh Glenn Denning adds a goal, or a Ben or Sagan even, now you're up to three. Well, you yeah, get three the, in the, a playoff the, game, and they... That, hey. Yes, that, and
1: that and, and th- this will sound like uh, rose-colored glasses and what have you, but the the potential of that happening is, is so tantalizing to me. Not Matt, because he, he's gonna crush this theory of yours and and mine here, but I, I, somehow I just, maybe it's just blind loyalty. I believe it's, I believe it's there and it can, it can bubble up. I, I, I believe that it hasn't, but I believe it can.
2: Yeah. I think we have 81 games of evidence that it hasn't. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that is a
1: short sample size. (laughs) (laughs) Give him some time.
2: Give him some time. (laughs) Give him him the long sample size of a seven game series. Let's see. Uh, I mean, it's they've stored about 45% of the goals this year, you know, 45, 46, something like that. Uh, that's a lot. That's the most in the league, the most in franchise history. And I think the thing that would worry me is, is it the that, most in
1: franchise history?
2: Yeah. It yeah. is. Wow. Because mm-hmm. um,
1: they, they had a pretty good run with Ben Sagan and Radulov like mm-hmm. four years ago, I guess it would have been.
2: Yeah, I think I—, I Ran through the numbers yesterday. I think they were a little bit lower, but, yeah, you're, you're right. They were up there, too. Was um, it in one of your articles? I uh, fired it off in a, in a hot tweet yesterday.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, wow.
1: Because I yeah, get paywalled,
2: so, man. I get paywalled by you. Yeah, the I tweets are free. I don't have that free. kind of coin. Uh, the 17-18 uh, Ben Sagan-Radulov, they were 44.6% of the goals, and that was previous – before the season, the most in Dallas Stars history, third okay. most in franchise history.
3: Look at that! Look at you. Look at him. So with the numbers,
2: the thing that worries me is that Colorado and Calgary would have top lines that could match up against against this Hints line. And even if Calgary chose not to to put the Lindholm line on them, they could go with a, a two way guy like Michael Batland and opt for that direction. And even you know, this past game in, in Calgary, you kind of saw a quieter game from that top line. And so you worry about that. You worry about the McKinnon line. What if, you know, McCarr and Taves are on the other side uh, with the puck in the offensive zone, forcing the Hints line to defend a ton. So I think that's what I worry about is that these are two teams in the first round that might have better top lines than the Stars do.
1: Yeah, I, I see it as a... In, in some ways with Calgary, I see it as uh similar, all, although it's weird because they're top ten in both offense and defense. Uh so uh they can get it done both ways, but they're 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 heavily relying on that top line for a lot of their stuff too. I think the stars can get to their D. I believe that. Markstrom, their netminder has been bad in two of the three. He was terrific up there a week ago or whenever that was. Um, but I I I see that as as a doable path, but Calgary doesn't need their power play for offense, and that that's a little bit frightening. With Colorado, that anvil of expectation continues to hang over them. I believe. Yeah, I, I do. I I know they've been great, and yes, they've been trending toward this and all that, but man, that that can get heavy, especially if they get you know stars. Let's say they play them and they go in there and they pop them in game one or two and, oh, here you go. Here we go again. But do they feel that in the first round? Where's Yoel Ranta?
3: Yeah, I think they do. I think it's funny because when Dallas did this to Anaheim and um, San Jose, uh, same situation where they went on the road and heck, they won all four, didn't they? The first two in both series. Uh, anyway, point being is once you win that one, even if it's the first round they start going like well we can't we can't lose at home so now all of a sudden game two becomes just really heavy then now you're down to nothing you're like well we're we're gonna choke we're gonna blow this and and i do believe colorado has that uh that feeling of you know well, what if we screw this up again um
1: tampa columbus yeah tampa columbus man there you go
2: i mean but last year i mean colorado they swept st louis and it was in Pretty dominant fashion. And then they had their collapse against Vegas. And the year before, it was, uh, you know, they, they had their collapse against Dallas. And a lot of that was goaltender stuff. But, you know, I, I, I don't know how much it, it hangs on them in the first round. You know, I think once you, you win a series and they haven't won a second round series in 20 years, right? Since 02. So, yeah, I, I, getting past the first round hasn't been a complete issue for them, but it's that, yeah. that, that next step. Yeah, but it's, it's
1: an issue for us, Matt, because if the stars play them, that's this the series. Is true. That makes it uh, an issue uh, to drill down on, as we do here. Oh, look, I, I don't really care which one it is. Do you? Well, Matt I does, because he has to travel commercial and get across oh, the no, border.
2: I, I actually would, would like the, the miles from going to Canada. Oh, OK. All right.
3: Yeah.
1: The Marriott Yeah, point. bank
2: those for vacations. Come
1: on.
3: That's
1: right. You should come with us. You can get uh, time spent and, and miles between <laughs> Dallas and Calgary. Uh, it doesn't really matter, though, does it? Because I mean, they're going to have to upend an excellent hockey team in order to get through to the second round. And I, I believe, if you're going to handicap it, that the Flames are probably a better matchup for them than Colorado yeah. is.
3: And the potential for a second round if you do win. Um, I did. I mean, it is what it is. But you're I really mean, getting I, ahead of yourself. Now, I am like getting it. ahead of myself, but. I just think staying in the Pacific is a is yeah a easier yep. draw.
1: Yeah, they have yeah. Pacific Division titles, you know. There you
2: go. I mean, there's there's no good option, and that's what happens when you're a wild card team. Yep. You, you yeah, you get a division champion. So there's there's two really good teams, and I think I would agree with you guys that Calgary is probably uh, the better option. Um, you know, Markstrom can be good, but he can also be bad, um, and. I think you know, Colorado's uh, depth is just a little bit deeper than Calgary's is.
1: Yeah. Well, it'll be fun no matter what. I, I love the, the challenge in the theater of Stanley Cup playoff hockey, and I, I'm, I am truly fascinated to see what the stars can muster up after all the what you guys talked about and, and all the talk about just getting in and unfinished business, and, and here we go. Well, here you go. Uh, you're in and uh they got a little dress rehearsal against Anaheim and then get set for whatever or whomever they're going to face. Uh to your,
3: to your point on the top line, is there any thought that any of these depth players are due? Like I oh, mean when you look at what Yes. Yes. Like That's what you, I mean. Like so even I mean it
1: tantalizes me Mike i'm tantalized like,
3: like jamie should be better like he went five games with no points in key you know moments tyler same thing uh you look at you know what could glenn denning do or peterson or could we have another kiviranta performance you know it. like these guys should i say should could do something and and i guess i, I I've been waiting all season for it and it just hasn't materialized. Yeah, Maddie
1: doesn't believe in your thesis. No, I can tell. Like is, I can like like I, I can see it in his eyes right now. He's oh like it's it's just 81 games of, of it. 81 games of, of
2: it. A lot of hoping and wishing, right? <laughs> hey. And you like to know in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Hey, the other part of it is the Stanley Cup playoffs are absolutely chock-full in their history of a relatively unknown or young netminder coming in and going off and just playing out of his mind and taking his team on his shoulders and going on a run. And who's to say that Jake Ottinger can't do that for the stars? They're more rosiness.
2: Hey, Matt,
1: I, Matt, go ahead. I hammer actually- that down the <laughs> drain.
2: I actually looked at <laughs> some of Jake Ottinger's previous, like, first starts in a bit situation, right? So, you know, he started as a freshman in high school at the, the Minnesota State Tournament, which is a, a big thing up there. And then he started as a freshman in the NCAA Tournament. The first game of the NCAA Tournament for him at BU was against North Dakota, in North Dakota, double overtime. And so he won that game. And then yeah. I looked at his, his first start in the World Juniors against Canada, outdoors, in Buffalo shootout, so these are some situations that he's handled well before high pressure, as, big stakes, yeah, yeah. big environments um, yeah. Um, so well
1: look, the game the other night against yeah against the golden Knights was another prime like you know, and for a guy that has been playing okay and and subpar a little bit for a stretch for him to that third period, and then the shootout. That's that's a quality, man. That that is that. Is, not all of them have that. I I love it about him. And look, no matter which way this thing goes, it's experience that is invaluable for him going forward. Uh, but it would it would be it would be nice if he could just put a cape on and and everybody else can tug on it and he can just take him through. Uh, speaking of capes, Matt DeFranks, you are a. Uh, charter member, or are you not of the Professional Hockey Writers Association?
2: Indeed, yeah. Mike isn't anymore. Are you aware of that? Yeah, I think uh, he left his his chapter chair. COA. I heard it was revoked. Is that true? <laughs> I think he was uh, <laughs> voluntarily resigned from his oh, okay. position <laughs> as the as Dallas chapter chair.
1: <laughs> so you vote on how many awards? Uh, I believe it's six. My God, you hold a lot of power, you writers. Hey. Yeah, it's too many. It's too are many. Are you transparent with your votes, or do you like to keep them to yourself?
2: Uh, so we all of our votes are are revealed at the end of the results. Um,
1: when do you have to have them in? Are they all in right now?
2: They're not all in. They have to be in on Monday. Wow. So yeah, you guys,
1: you guys work so well on deadlines, you you writers. Why would, why would vote? I already have my votes in. I voted on one thing, Coach of the Year. They're in. Submitted. As soon as I got the email, bang. Boom, boom, boom.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you, you picked like three of them?
1: We get to pick three guys in order, yeah, for yeah. Coach of the Year. And I yeah. look, at my history is, friggin' nail it year after year. Uh, I don't to- tell anybody, but uh, when I look back, I know in my own heart of heart and mind that I nailed it. And I've nailed it again this year. So you watch. I'll tell you as soon as they win. I'll point out that I those were the guys I picked for the top three. Yeah, the tough complete transparency
3: after the vote.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm completely transparent in the aftermath. Do you what's your favorite one to vote on, Matt? Mm.
2: Honestly, probably the heart. Yeah, Uh, it it means. How do you how
1: do you look at that MVP? Because there are so many different approaches to it by people some believe it should be the most valuable player to his own team but then it would always be a goaltender and then they have the debate will the goalies have their own award and blah 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 but there should be a goaltender involved in that at least the debate this year sir Sturkin, correct yeah, i mean
2: this this year is a little bit of a uh, i don't know how to say this without cursing but a little bit of a blank show um you know, it's there's like seven guys you could legitimately make an argument for being towards the top of the ballot. If you look at Shosturkin, Yossi, McDavid, Matthews, Drysaddle, Gaudreau, Huberto, uh, those are seven guys that could be towards the top of your ballot, and two of them will be left off the ballot because you only vote for five. Right. right. So that one's a little bit tougher this season. I think mean, last year was was pretty easy with Connor, um, but that one it, it carries the most weight. Uh, it means probably the most across the league, and this year is a lot of a lot of good candidates for it. So, so who'd you I'm vote having, number one? I haven't voted yet. <sighs> Who will you vote number one? Right now, I'm probably leaning on Austin Matthews. Really, you get yeah. sucked in by that Toronto <laughs> media?
1: Oh my God, Matt, you're better than that. He's a proud American.
2: I I do think about <laughs> Shesterkin and Johnny Gaudreau uh, as well. Um, Johnny Gaudreau at, at at five on five is putting up ridiculous numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, plus I sixty
1: at, something else, man. Yeah. yeah,
2: and and their line overall, they're outscoring teams seventy to thirty with them on the ice. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. And at ninety. 85 points at five on five. He's got. So that's I thought you would show avoid. your South Florida bias and go with Huberto. Mm, I don't. I don't. Eh, yeah. Not for me. Yeah. Not yeah, for me. Yeah. Uh, well, Austin Matthews. <laughs> 60 goals. This, you got. You got three days to change my mind.
1: 60 goals. I think he only scored 40, but everything gets inflated in Toronto, and they just gave him 60 just to what pump is, his tires so with the
2: conversion rate it's it's like yeah it's metric
1: percent. it's a metric 60 up there uh look he's where we saw that in person at american Airlines center it was like you want to watch a elite player take over a game here you go have at it 34 man oh man he he was it was just an eventuality what did he finish with like Twelve shots on goal or something, and then the winner in overtime.
2: Yeah, he had at various points of the game he had more shots than the Stars did. And then the
1: Flash just mocking the crowd on his way by and everything. You got sucked in by the Toronto media though, Matt DeFranks. That's what you've done. (laughs) Uh, What are the other
2: ones you vote on? I'm just curious. Uh, So the Norris, Selke,
1: best defenseman, best defensive forward, Calder, uh, rookie of the year.
2: Lady Bing.
1: Most gentlemanly player.
2: And Masterton.
1: Uh what in oh, do you guys pull all the individual team guys and then pick your your actual award winner?
2: Yeah, so for the Masterton, the chapter the chapters uh, across the league nominate one player from that team. So in Dallas it's a it's a two person chapter. <laughs> really? Yeah. Isn't that a pamphlet? It's not really <laughs> <laughs> It's actually it's a paragraph, actually, not not so much a chapter. It's just a run-on sentence,
1: sentence with a comma. Run,
2: <laughs> yeah. Semicolon if you're feeling fancy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's just a two person chapter in Dallas that, that nominates Masterton and then so there are thirty-two nominees and uh every member of the PHWA votes on from one of those thirty-two. They pick three people.
1: Will Joe Pavelski get votes for uh, Lady Bing? Do you think?
2: Yeah, I think he'll get some. I, I don't know if uh, if he'll buck the I don't know if traditional is is the right word for it, but the the recent tradition of uh, lowest penalty minutes, highest points, and yeah, I, I think know. a lot of people will look at Kyle Connor this season for that.
1: Okay. Mike, yeah. what what did you enjoy back when you were a voter before they took your card away for obvious
3: reasons? I hated it.
2: Did you? Uh,
3: yeah, I really did. Uh, it was you- so mu- it was so much pressure to me. Um, it's funny because we have to do those three stars at the end of the game, and we're looking at each other like, "Why do we do this?" Uh, because we have to do it with five minutes left, and yada yada. It's just a lot of pressure, and then you look at you know. Early on in the process, I give Matt a hard time. I say I've done this for hundred years, but early on in the process, you didn't have to have your votes out there on Twitter, and everybody gets to rip you a new one because you're an idiot because you are an idiot. And so then you make your votes, and boom, it's done, and you go home. But now, and you know, in the last couple of years, uh, when I did it, they just—it doesn't matter who you vote for; somebody is mad at you. And so then, you know, I guess you just have to have a thick skin and deal with it, but uh, huh. it, it just, it's a lot that of doesn't,
1: pressure. It doesn't seem anything like today's society or anything. No, right? no, this, no. This is a completely foreign little entity you're speaking Matt,
3: of. We have a kind and giving society. Clickbait.
1: Just absolute clickbait. Oh uh, let, let's, let's end on a super positive. If you guys can, and, and take a moment if you need to, uh, the, the most enjoyable thing uh, in stars Land from this this season would be what? Take a it's moment.
3: All, it's all you,
0: Matt.
1: Take a moment. Did I'll you go not first. Enjoy anything, Mike. Yeah, go ahead, I'll go first. Girl. I'll go first. This was uh, this was my uh, my jubilee. This was uh, Razor Twenty Five, and uh, just absolutely floored by. What the organization did for me, uh, a little puck drop, get it started, and, and a wonderful little uh, documentary on me <laughs> or feature. <laughs> and, uh, and the bobblehead. The, the biggest thing was the bobblehead. Uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> I got a bobblehead. And mine cost more to uh, construct than Joe Pavelski's bobblehead. So, Bam. I have that. I lord over them in the bobblehead world. Uh, but it was just a, a chance at times to kind of reflect on, on what's going on here in the 25 years that I've been here. And I'm, I'm somewhat proud that, that I was, and fortunate, extremely fortunate, it's more appropriate probably, that I, I've been able to witness and cover... Every Dallas Stars banner that hangs from the rafters at American Airlines Center, I, I've witnessed and covered it being earned and then being raised. And that's, that's not nothing. So I, I hope there are more in the future for me and for them. And, but that, that's, my, that's my biggest deal from the, from the actual regular season of 2021-22. All right, I gave you guys tons of time with that blathering to come up with your
2: favorite thing from this season. So go ahead. Wait, Razor, I have a, I have a quick bobblehead question. Do you know, is your bobblehead uh, worth more on the secondary market than Joe Pavelski's on like eBay or something?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, it has its own market. Plus, I'm turning it into an NFT. Mm. And I think that's where it's really going to blow up. You a, can, you can only
3: use way. Bitcoin to
1: purchase it. Yeah, and, and dog <laughs> coin or whatever that's called. <laughs> I want dog coin. Uh, I don't know. I to be honest with you, Maddie, I haven't checked the secondary market yet. I have multiple uh, boxes of it, though. If it if it ever hits big, I, I'm gonna uh, flood the market with those, and then probably retire early. So
2: investments, yeah. yeah. Uh, for for me, the it's kind of a twofold thing. I think one thing is that we've talked about a lot is that the first the first line. Uh, I think they're just the most fun to watch whenever they're on the ice even the smallest neutral zone turnover from the other team becomes a scoring chance. It's three, five foot passes. Yeah. Uh, you know, guys overlapping here, guys going behind the net, winning a puck there and boom, it's, it's a scoring chance four feet from the net. And I think that instant offense is just so much fun to watch, but we've talked a ton about them throughout the entire year. And to me, I I really enjoyed having fans back in buildings and Mm. being able to travel again. Um, you know, last year, five thousand at home, and you know I didn't really, I wasn't on the road, so it's just a different feel. I remember back on opening night, you know, they had the anthem, and you hear the stars during the anthem from a from eighteen thousand again, and you kind of forgot what it sounded like before, and I think that's been a really enjoyable part of the season is getting that atmosphere back, and also like going on the road to. To Canada and seeing, you know, what those buildings are like again, and um, you know, seeing a lot of different places and I really enjoy that part of the job. Yeah, good point.
3: Good point. Yeah. Me too. I'll build on Matt. It's to me, it's the Mike be
1: original for crying out loud.
3: Well, I'm gonna build, so I'll it's an homage. You're gonna to stand
1: Matt? on the shoulders of greatness with this statement, is what you're doing.
3: And and I'm gonna kind of sample like a rapper.
1: Be careful with that. Now (laughs) You 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 got
3: to watch what music you're using, Mike. It's Matt's music. It'll be great.
1: Okay. Um,
3: I'm also a fan of the full buildings and the role that I will take is this has been a hard couple of years for stars fans. You know, not only the pandemic trying to get to Bali, trying to watch the team, trying to just be a fan. And so when you do go to the arena and the building is full and the building is loud and you're starting to get feedback and buzz over the playoffs, you hear about it on the radio or you watch TV reports and you're like, you know what, this thing can come back. Um, It's it's been a struggle because back in the day, back in the nineties and two thousands, it was a huge deal in the city. And with the young talent they have now and the potential for you know, getting the masses excited again, I, I really do think it can be a huge thing again. And, and to me, that's it's fun. I like having that energy around this team, and I think it's coming back.
1: Yeah, I agreed. I, I just like to add that, that you guys didn't touch on uh, that I, I've really enjoyed full buildings uh, again around the NHL. Um, it's comedy. The, uh, the podcast is wrapping up here now the uh, the fans man i first off i thank you two thank you mike all year for <laughs> putting up with some teasing and and coming with enthusiasm and really being the conduit for the stars fan on the podcast
3: they say and Matt, that i'm a tool for the people
1: you're a tool for the people <laughs> i can a smell tool. a colombo moment coming here any <laughs> no, second no, but no, i'm done are you sure
3: yeah, I'm done. All right. I am done i do not believe that. <laughs> I don't either.
1: <laughs> I don't either. Uh, maybe I'll Columbo it this week. Uh, yeah. But, but I I certainly thank all of you out there for listening. Um, I hope we made your walks or your drives or uh, whatever and however you consumed the Podman Rush enjoyable. The uh, you know it's it's been it's been fun. It's been an enjoyable way to purge a lot of angst and information all season long. Uh, we certainly thank, uh, the, 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 uh, production team of, uh, uh, dozens that we've had the working on the, the uh, podcast throughout the season. Are you Mr. Foreman? Yeah. Thanks for putting it together. Thanks Jordan. Uh, you've been, you've been crucial to all of this and, uh, Hey, maybe we'll do one come playoff time uh, as well if it if it warrants. But uh, they're they're in the playoffs. I, as I said this morning on, on my uh, award winning radio hit on the ticket, last night was like uh, flatulence in an elevator. Um, they got where they needed to go, but it was it was kind of stinky. And uh, now they're a playoff team, and we're going to see what they can do come playoff time against either the Flambeys or the the natural disasters, the avalanche. So uh, for Mike and Matt, Jordan, uh, the big Daryl Stottle uh, reminding you all that what we have to learn to do,
0: we in fact learn by doing. Peace out. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today. Uh, uh, One more thing, Daryl.
3: Yes, (laughs) Mike. Yes, Mike Colombo. I'm just kidding.